So the Biden administration is going to cancel all Russian oil and gas imports. I'm not even sure how much of our energy depends on Russia. But if we import anything from Russia, then this is a negative for the country. And it's amazing that the GOP is just going to go along with this. It's amazing that they're going along with funding any kind of war in Ukraine and banning Russian oils, oil imports, as well as these economic sanctions. And I can't believe how many private companies have gone above and beyond the sanctions, have just outright canceled the Russian people. All I can think about is how this is going to be used against average U.S. citizens. Um, you know, but, but what's really striking is this administration's oil policy, oil and gas uh, policy, this war on, you know, traditional fossil fuels, this push to go green, this push for renewables. Uh, it's just really insane. They're, they're just doubling down, like, um, on this green energy initiative, which I, the only thing I can think of is that they want to drive oil higher. They must have all kinds of call options. They must be betting on oil secretly because everything that they're doing is pushing us, you know, towards extremely high energy prices, which will cause a economic depression, which will cause a recession in this country. And then, you know, perhaps they, they want a recession. They want to induce a recession. Uh, number one, so they can blame inflation in our slowing economy on Russia uh, instead of their inflationary policies, and two, so that they can also get rich from all the the, the um, money printing that they're going to do to say how we're going to get over this next crisis, this crisis with Russia or with Ukraine. We're going to have to print a bunch of money to fund Ukraine. We're going to have to print a bunch of money to transition to green energy, print a bunch of money to figure out how to get oil prices down, gas prices down. They want to figure out how to trans transition to green energy. But the thing is, is that's more expensive than going the traditional route. Um, so what is their goal here? I mean, they can't be as dumb as, as what we think, right? I mean, they're pushing up energy prices for a reason. Uh, they want to create a crisis for a reason. They want to be able to turn the, the, the money printer back on and have a legitimate excuse. Um, I don't know, what is their what is their long-term play on the U.S. dollar? I mean, you think that no one can trust us anymore as the world reserve currency um, to the extent that if you have, you know, if you're a creditor nation and you have you know, reserves in U.S. dollars sitting somewhere that this could just be seized or canceled. Why would you hold any of your any of your reserves in, in U.S. dollars? Um, this seems to be ending. I mean, why not go, you know, go back to gold? Uh, and I've been reading some article by Lynn Alden, and it's actually um, the first part of it. I've read the first part of it. And the fiat, the fiat section is actually pretty good, but the title is um, 
And she talks about commodity money, and then she talks about fiat. Um, and then I'm getting to the section on, I'm almost done with that, I'm getting to the section on digital current, digital um, assets. And, you know, I, I hate to talk about it before I've read the whole thing, but I have skimmed it, and she basically thinks that we haven't had digital currencies before. We haven't had a way to digitize the dollar before. I think that's her argument. I could be wrong, but um, I wonder if she goes into the idea of, of how the dollar was originally digitized. I don't think she does. Because the dollar was a paper dollar. And then we, we had, you know, digital accounts at banks that basically held these dollars for us. And these little digital um, balances that we would see when we log in that we still see today is basically just an IOU. And whenever you send money from one bank to pay another entity, that bank will basically, what they're instructed to do is to send money from your account basically to this other source. And so the, the digital payment method is a way to employ existing dollars. So it's a way to make it easier to pay but the digital dollars, the digital account themselves and the payment mechanism is not the dollar, is not money itself. So when did we go from, you know, having this digital, sorry, having real money, real, real cash, real dollars, think of real dollars, you know, that was once backed by gold, but now they're free floating, but they're still dollars. They're still physical things. That's considered money. When did we go from that? to uh, to now anything digital is a dollar. When did we go when we when did we go to that? Because in my view, this is just uh, these digital dollars that people look at, these digitized dollars, they're just counterparty risk. Like anytime you see a bank balance and it's presented to you, PayPal balance, anything, this is a promise to pay. And technically, they're not real dollars. They're promises to pay. And whether they actually have the dollars or not is based off of the idea that if everyone were to go and grab their current dollars, they'd be able to be paid, right? You'd be able to get cash out. You'd be able to to get them out, um, so to speak. So obviously there's a difference between what I'm saying you could cash out and the fact that the Fed now creates new currency basically on its just by printing and and typing in some numbers in a computer. That is technically, um, I guess, you know, you consider that funds, but they just exist electronically. Now, but the, the, the idea still applies. You may not be able to get them out in physical format, you know, once they go through the dollar system and they end up maybe being in your bank account. You may not be able to get them out in cash because obviously they don't print, you know, enough dollar bills to, to back all the, the dollars in existence uh, through, you know, through digital means that are on the books. But the same principle applies. If you can't pay an entity from your account, even though it says that they owe you money on your balance, 
that means that the the entity isn't solvent. That means you can't get it out. So it's it, it's basically what I'm saying is the way the cash way is to think of it. It's just another way of thinking of it, but it's a it's a it's a better way of thinking of it. It's just more relatable, more realistic. Uh, but but the same applies. Like if you can't get your money out digitally, that's the same thing as if you can't get it out physically. Um, but what money is to most people is this physical thing that you can get out or something that you can get out or else it doesn't exist. It's just, it's just a number on a, on a, on a, um, spreadsheet. But, you know, like I've scanned her paper and I have to read it more closely, especially the digital asset part, but it just seems like she's blaming, you know, the fact that we went off a gold standard um, she seems to be blaming that, uh, on gold. No, that's just, that's a people error. That's a government error, uh, my opinion. Um, and so it seems like she goes from like gold as a commodity and then we had fiat, like where fiat was divorced from gold. And then we, and then we have like digital, digital assets that she's calling digital commodities and, uh, the, the, this is now just the answer. Digital commodities somehow now are the answer. Um, and I'm hoping she explains why we need digital commodities. But um, but I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> I, I tend to not agree with that answer. I tend to think that, that the people are just looking for a reason to say why we need di- these digital assets to now be money. And I think that this Ukrainian stuff really helps their cause because they think, oh, well, you can't trust anybody. Okay. And gold, you'd have to store gold. Yeah. But, you know, so an entity can hold gold and just because the trust is broken, you know, I think once from all of this stuff, from the you know broken trust, because, you know, we're, we obviously are trying to, you know, sanction Russia. Uh, just because trust is broken once doesn't mean they're not going to trust anybody. I mean, I think that they could trust China. And you, you just can't do business if you don't trust. Like, and this idea that you can't move gold very well. I mean, yeah, it might be more expensive to move gold than it is to move Bitcoin because Bitcoin doesn't really exist. But, I mean, you still have, uh, you still have counterparty risk with Bitcoin. You still have, and they, I think that they think you don't. I think they, they believe this decentralization narrative um, that you don't have that you seemingly somehow don't have um, have to trust. You have an enormous amount of trust within Bitcoin. Um, but I thought her section on fiat was was really well done. Um, and um, the commodity section, I think, was short. I skipped over the parts where she talks about other commodities that were once used as money. Um, I'm not sure why she does that necessarily because she talks about gold and then she goes into these other like inferior commodities that were used at one time, probably to show that there's another commodities used and that um, how, you know, the king of commodities will replace others. And then, but just how, you know, the, the rye stones, I think, is one that the Bitcoiners love to bring up because it was the first example of like a public uh, ledger sort of, I think. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's the article, like, I want to give it a lot of respect. And I, 
it does deserve respect. I mean, the part about fiat was was well done. Um, and this was the first time I really read about the petrodollar in a, in a concise way that just got to the point and made sense to me. So bravo. Um, but I'm a little bit skeptical because uh, I know it's a puff piece for Bitcoin or digital assets, or at least a, a use case or a narrative of why we should go to digital assets or why they should be thought of as money. Um, and in the commodity section, at least, she didn't explain why um, necessarily why commodities became money, right? I mean, she did explain barter, and that's part of it. But I, I think that she can't go into too much detail because if she's also making the case that a digital commodity that has basically no intrinsic value can also be money, then um, in the future then it sort of just doesn't help her there to go too much into detail why something becomes money. Um, uh, but so far it's a good overview and um, I'm interested to see exactly what she says in the digital asset section.